The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And we have good in abundance today because you have consciously and conscientiously tuned into the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E. And you have tuned in to the joy of living for one reason and one reason only. And it's the best reason in the whole world. You have tuned in to the joy of living because you care the most in the entire world about you. Y-O-U. E-W-E. And that's great, actually, because when you care the most about becoming the best you possible, then you can go make a difference in the world. You can build bridges, create harmony, and spread joy, happiness, peace, and love throughout the world. And we're happy to tell you that at this very moment, this show called The Joy of Living is being carried over that mythical, magical, and mysterious platform called Internet Radio, hosted by K4HD.com. If you have any questions you can put them up on the board go to k4hd.com we already well we're able to invite oh very nice several people up on the board already waving hello and you should be aware that you are joined at this very moment by 280,613 people around the world who have consciously and conscientiously tuned into the joy of living and they know they do that because on this show when you listen to the people that we bring you, you know that you will be healthier, wealthier, and wiser by listening to and using the practices, tips, and tools that are brought to you by the amazing people. And we are talking about amazing people. And today, no exception, because this is a person who's going to rock your world because he lifts up everybody around him. And if you ever miss a moment of the show, which you don't want to do, and you want to listen again, which you certainly want to do, and you want to share this with Lee people and you must do that because then we'll have over a million people listening then just go to www.barryshore.com b-a-r-r-y-s-h-o-r-e go to barryshore.com you don't have to remember anything that we're going to be talking about today because all of the information will be there at barryshore.com with this particular show and just lean in let the information flow over you because it's wonderful it's magical it's mysterious 
hilarious and delightful. So again, on this show, 280,613 people around the world listening. Now, every show we have at least 230, 240,000 people, and they invariably tell their friends we already have, already have another 30, 40,000 people listening. You've got to listen to the joy of living because it's good for you. On this show, we work with three fundamental aspects of life, and these three fundamental aspects of life are number one, number one, life. Your life has purpose. That's right. When you live with purpose, number two happens. You have the corollary. The result is you can go mad. Now, in this case, mad is a wonderful acronym. It stands for make a difference. Because when you lead a purposeful life, you will invariably make a difference in the world, a positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant difference. And number three, the best way we know to do that is to unlock the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. Simple example, WWW. If you ask anybody, what does WW stand for? Invariably, they'll tell you it has to do with the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da. What a wonderful world. <laughs> and what a, is a word, W-H-A-T-A. What a wonderful world. And whenever you even hear the opening bars of that song, you got to smile. And, of course, a tip of the hat and a um, thank you to the amazing Louis Armstrong Satchmo for enabling that song, What a Wonderful World, to go viral and touch not just tens of millions of hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. Just listening to the opening bars, the right way you smile. Now, smile is one of the most important and positive acronyms you could ever learn, internalize, and utilize in your life. Because smile stands for seeing miracles in life every day. That's right. Seeing miracles in life every single day. Now, in today's world... It's very easy to see miracles, more so than ever before, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. Now, by the way, even though it's true, you see miracles in life every day, invariably I have people, whether I'm speaking to 50 people or 5,000 people, and right now I have 10, 12, 13 questions up on the board. Same thing. People raise their hand. They say, but Barry, sure, I've been up for hours already. I haven't seen any miracles. And I ask them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Do you have water to drink, you have food to eat, you have a place to sleep, you have family, you have friends. Those are all miracles. And when you begin to understand life as a miraculous process, things change for you. Now here, in the midst of the pandemic, how do I know that it's a miracle that you're here and you're listening? Because guess what? Over a million people didn't get out of bed this morning. They died. You didn't. You're listening to the joy of living. And in the midst of the pandemic, at least another one plus million people didn't get out of bed because they couldn't. They're infirm. But you're not. I trust that 99.99% of everybody listening, hundreds of thousands of people around the world, you're not infirm. You're not in the hospital. Those are miraculous events. Now, I have to tell you, those people who are been listening to the show for a couple of years know this, but those people are new. It's important to understand that I can speak about this more so than most other people because on September 17th, 2004, I was standing up in the morning just like I hope 99.99% of everybody listening, happy, healthy, and holy, hale and hearty, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, 
And that evening, I was in the hospital, paralyzed from my neck down. And it was not from an automobile accident or a spinal injury. It was a rare disease that took over my body and rendered me a quadriplegic, completely, totally paralyzed. And I was like that for many years. I was in a hospital for a number of months. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles. And that was progress. Now, I still can't walk up a stair by myself or a curb. And I have help 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And even though I'm vertical and ambulatory, I have to use a six and a half foot walking wand made for me by a Zen, Zen master. But I am able to walk. I'm a tripod, but I can walk. And so you see the ability to move is a great miracle. It still takes me 10 minutes to get out of bed in the morning. Now, I have to tell you a quick story. About uh, three weeks ago, my eight-year-old niece comes over to me and says, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. I said, smile, smile, sounds the same. How, of course, why not? How come? She says, because that would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. Out of the mouth of babes. Isn't that wonderful? Seeing miracles in everyday life. Seeing miracles in life every day. Because when you do that, you can create the kind of world we all want to live in. A create is a great acronym. It stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Causing rethinking, neuro-linguistic programming, so that you begin to think in a positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant way. You speak that way, you act that way, and you change the tenor and the tone of yourself and the world all around you. Now, everybody has a brain, thank God, and your brain has 50 billion uh, brain cells and there are a trillion synapses connecting them all and they're there for more than to decide what kind of latte you want this morning so when you use your mind to create the kind of world we all want to live in you make the world a better place now one of the best ways to do that is by utilizing internalizing and leveraging these two words the two most important words in the english language and they are thank you thank you Thank you, because thanks stands for to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. I read in his writings, Dalai Lama said, be kind whenever possible, and it's always possible. <laughs> Just think about it. You're going to the coffee store, coffee shop, when we're able to do that again, hopefully soon, and you order your fancy latte for five and a half dollars, so it brings it to you. You say, thank you. You go to the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, five and a half dollars, and you wait a couple of minutes, nobody brings it to you, you go to the counter, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot, and now a few more minutes go by, they bring it to you, thank you. You go to the coffee shop, and you're walking out, and it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you, you say, thank you. You're in the coffee shop, you're walking out, and it's raining out, somebody slams the door on you, you say, thank you. You're in the midst of traffic, and you're late for an appointment, somebody cuts you off, you're going to be late, you say, Thank you. Get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe and it hurts. You say thank you to harmonize and network kindness. Everyone, everyone you meet in the world is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Therefore, be kind always. Kind stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. And on that one note, noble deeds, I am honored, proud, humbled to be able to introduce you to one of the most 
dynamic people in the world today, and he's all of 26 years old. Please, wonderful Charlie Siegel, have a big hello to 280,613 people around the world. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Is that you, Charlie? Can you speak up a little more, please? Yep. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Is Charlie. Now, Charlie is a little more subdued than Barry, but I'm telling you, we are in for a treat because this is one of the more interesting, dynamic, uplifting people that you'll ever hear have the pleasure of interacting with and speaking with. So, Charlie, his name is Charlie Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L, and I believe that he's resident in Connecticut. Connecticut is a state in the northeastern part of the United States. And by the way, Charlie, I point that out because we have people listening from all over the world. So just first of all, is that correct? Are you up in Connecticut? You got it. Yep. Okay. And you were born and raised and you're still there in Connecticut. Is that true? That's true. Okay. Now, Charlie is, one of the reasons I asked him to be on the show is because he is energetic. He's dynamic. He's young, 26, as I said, but he is an old soul, as we say. And I'm going to tell you reasons why. One is because he has been able to reach out and grab hold of the muse. And the muse is that which enables him to use his skilled eyes and mind and heart in wildlife photography and his ability to write and connect with people. And part of the reason why, now I'm going to say this, and then Charlie, I'm going to have you speak a lot, is because Charlie is the grandson. His genes are flowing in him from one of the most interesting people that I've had the pleasure of interacting and meeting and being with over the past number of decades. And that fellow's name is Bernie Siegel. Bernie Siegel is one of the more um, healing physicians that has walked the planet in the past few hundred years. But aside from that, Charlie is a dynamic aspect of Bernie. Bernie is in his eighth uh, decade. He's 86. Charlie is in his third decade. He's 26. But the 60-year the gap in between them just that lessens down to about a minute and a half when they get together because they are kindred spirits. So, Charlie, without a further ado, let's just jump right in and talk to us about your ability to utilize your eyes and photography to bring nature into the world and help inspire people. All right. Um, yeah, I do nature and wildlife photography um, here in, in the United States, especially around New England where I live. Um, but then I've been out to Iceland twice, um, and then I was in Japan last summer. Um, and I love to do photography in a way that captures the, the natural essence of the beauty of nature that's around us and help to bring it to people. Um, I grew up with my grandparents on my mom's side, had a lot of Native American friends, and then so does my mom and so do I. Um, and we have a lot of connection with that, with the stuff we do with my mom's store. So I've grown up being connected with that Native American culture, seeing the way that we're one with the world around us. We're, we're an integral part of the universe and that they would say that nature and animals and everybody around you, you're all my relations. So I love to help to bring that, that mentality and that connection to people. Um, it helps you to find your, your truth inside and find your your harmonious part of everything. 
So like I was just out this afternoon, actually in my yard, I saw some beautiful blue wing dragonflies and I went and got my camera and was out doing photography of them. Um, but whenever I'm capturing something like that, my goal with my work is to look at it. Like my photography would be a window that somebody can see that beauty and that truth through connect with it as a part of themselves and, and honor that nature and, and they're part of it. Um, so I'll do you know, landscapes, wildlife. Uh, I like to take pictures of you know little tiny things like little wildflowers or little details in ice and make them big in a big picture. Uh, but to help people connect like that is one of my favorite things to do. Trevina, let's look at this idea of connection. Now, it happens to be, Charlie, that uh, maybe unbeknownst to you, but I grew up in, in Massachusetts in Boston area. Uh, oh, nice. Brookline. So I'm, I, I'm sure you've been up in the Boston area um, a number of times, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, nice to me, there. when you talk about dragonflies in the summer, <laughs> I can relate. I know what that's like. I happen to be actually a big fan of grasshoppers, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But um, And, and I, I like the idea very much of what you said about Native American culture, because interestingly... Uh, for, again, for people around the world, they may not know this, but, and even people in the United States. But it, it, it is untrue that Native Americans vacated New England when the first uh, pilgrims and Puritans and, and other uh, settlers came. As a matter of fact, for the first 50 to 100 years, there was more camaraderie than there was um, fighting. Uh, obviously, yeah. there was there was some, but uh, it was a much more harmonious relationship in New England than in many other places in the United States, especially in the Plains, uh, because in New England, there was a, a uniqueness that was both on both sides, both in the Native American population and in the uh, the settlers, because the settlers came here as uh Religious people wanting to live in harmony with all around them. They were not conquerors as such, as happened in many other places in the new, what was called the New World, like in, with the Spanish and things like that. The uh, the Puritans and and, and all the, the different uh, branches came here to settle in a new world, to settle in peace and harmony. Now, you know this, right, Charlie? Yep. Yeah, you got it. And it's a beautiful thing because there's still there. Now, I'm, I'm not sure you know this, but if you are, I won't elaborate it. But for people around the world who don't know this, when the people who are called the pilgrims came over, one of the first uh, uh, ships that was able to dock in the area that is now called Plymouth, in uh, now is part of Massachusetts, but was it's part of that, that whole Massachusetts Bay. When they first came ashore, they were greeted by a Native American who welcomed the people who came ashore and said, in English, hello, do you know the story of Squanto, Charlie? I do, yep. Right, so, I mean, it's kind of tingling and amazing, right, that this particular person was able to welcome. Imagine it's as if people today go up to Mars and we you know, get there, we land on Mars, and all of a sudden someone comes out who, you know, whatever physical being they are, and says, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, it would be but, like that, yeah. 
Yeah, but that was, I think, that's I think quite unique to New England. And Charlie is a um, a son of New England in the fact that, like you said, you're on your mother's side, the Native American culture. And I'm really interested, when you went to Iceland, were you able to, I'm sure you did, but to really capture some of the the um, uh, the geysers, aurora borealis, and things like that when you were there? I did. And um, so I went in 2015 and 2016. And I decided instead of like a formal college kind of thing, I wanted to go and learn photography in the field and like be out doing it, learning it right there. Um, so I, I went twice with groups that taught more advanced photography and like how to do the manual settings on the camera and night photography, that kind of thing. Uh, but the, the second time that I went, um, it was really a remarkable experience that the, the day that I was getting everything packed up to leave on the plane for my trip out there, it was late September 2016, um, I got an email from the people organizing the trip that they were going to reorganize the first few days of the trip because there was a forecast for huge northern lights activity. Um, so we got there, got settled, and they right away started teaching us some of the night and long exposure type of settings and things to do. And they took us out to a lake, Lake Kleifravatn, in the, the Reykjanes Peninsula of Iceland. So we got all set up there. And that night and the next night, uh, we got to photograph northern lights that were the best they'd seen in like 10 years. It actually made international news how great the northern lights were those nights. Um, so I got to bring back awesome photographs from it. And for me, it was a really spiritual experience to get to connect with something that's, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than us. And you can see the way that um, traditional cultures would talk about the northern lights being like a doorway between heaven and earth, that just like how alive it feels standing underneath it. Um, and I was able to capture photographs of that where we saw some formations and things that, that rarely ever happen. And uh, I'll, in a little bit, I'll get to talk about my book I just came out with with my grandfather. Uh, but one of the photographs that illustrate our book, um, I call it the Angel of the Lights. I took it that the second night I was in Iceland on that trip. Um, and I just, I had been doing, uh, you know, set up composed images with landscape and the northern lights. And then I picked a spot in the sky, just tilted the camera up and took a shot. And later on, I was going through it, and there's, like, the perfect detailed form of an angel in the sky. You can see, like, the details of a face and hair and a dress, and, and it blows me away every time I look at it. Um, but I do, I do this photography where I get it into, you know, prints and greeting cards and canvases and stuff so I can uh, help to get this out to people, to, to connect them, that there's so much beauty out there we can all be one with, really. This is so energizing. I, again, I want to emphasize to people, you're listening to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore. Everything that you are learning about Charlie Siegel and more, all you have to do is go to my website, www, remember what that stands for, .barryshore.com, and you'll be links galore to Charlie Siegel and his photography and his books and learn more about him because he is a being that you will be hearing about and experiencing for the next number of decades because he is dedicated to bringing together the harmony of life. And he does it through photography. He does it through his writing. And he is a spirit that inhabits a body. And he recognizes he's truly a soul 
that is experiencing life fully. In other words, that's what self really stands for, Charlie. You heard we do a lot of things with acronyms on the show. So self stands for the fact that you are a soul experiencing life fully and that you are now, as you said, communicating with us through the doorway between heaven and earth, which are otherwise called the northern lights, and the fact that you were able to go to Iceland to do it. Now, Iceland is one of the more interesting uh, places on the planet, uh, because in addition to this magnificent exposure to the northern lights, uh, we have these, these great thermal activated processes that are energizing the earth, as it were. So were you yeah. able to get some um, close uh, photography about what was happening in the geothermal aspect as well? Yeah, it's pretty amazing landscape. They say it's as close as you can get to seeing what a prehistoric earth would have looked like because it's still forming with the volcanic activity and the geothermal. Um, the, the whole island is run on the geothermal activity underneath for heat and everything, uh, which I learned getting there. I was amazed by it. Uh, well, we got to go up to some of the northeastern parts of Iceland, and uh, there's a, an area up there, um, heavier, I, I might be messing up the pronunciation of it, uh, but it's an area that it's all, um, there's actually like boiling mud pits where you can, it, the, it's very close how much the magna, magma is right underneath the, the earth. So we, we followed a trail up this big hill there, and you can see these steaming um, sulfuric vents. And it's, I got some photography that most people that see it think it's a painting because um, I stood on top of this hill, and it's so layered from Lake Mivat is up in that area. And then you see these steaming vents coming around it and the snow-capped mountains in the distance. And um, it, it's such an amazing kind of location where that rawness of nature is just everywhere you look. Uh, it's a really great feeling to be in. This is wonderful. Now, were you able to disrobe and go into the hot baths, or were they just too hot? We did a few times, yeah. That there's, there's some more commercialized ones, which I like that we actually avoided that and went out in nature more. Um, there was one, one morning that I got some great uh, sunrise photography with the, the Icelandic horses that are out there. Um, with the, like the sunrise coming up behind the horses and there's a waterfall out there. Uh, this is in the uh, Skagafjörður in the northern part. Uh, but right, um, right by the waterfall, there's a little hot spring out in, like out in the field in nature. Um, it was a great experience getting to go out in that one. And um, it's a very cool place. But, and part of my idea with bringing this sort of raw nature back in the photography from Iceland to here um, that feeling is around us here too. Sometimes it's in a different format or you might have to like go out to a nature preserve and kind of get, get into it, but you can get into that same sort of feeling. Um, it's neat sometimes when I'm at my mom's store, there's these old historic tobacco barns across the street from the plaza. And I have photographs of like red tailed hawks taking off from the top uh, and flight from the top of the barn. And people will ask like where I took that and I'll, I'll point right across the street. Uh, so it, it helps people to see, and, and I need it sometimes too, point out like this beauty is right there in front of us if we can get in touch with that. I want to help with that. By the way, this is a very important um, comment you just made. I just want to go back to you, talk about the horses. Uh, I'm, I haven't yeah. been fascinated by this. 
were the horses like Shetland ponies or were they horses full size like you have uh, around you? They're a little bit on the smaller side, but they're a special breed that they call Icelandic horses. And they've done um, like genetic lookup and, and research on these horses. And they genetically go back to the days of the Vikings. They're still purebred from the horses that the Vikings took on the ships when they would go around to different places. Um, so that there's all kinds of laws actually that protect the Icelandic horses and unlike their genetic line to keep them here. Uh, and they're on farms all over the place in Iceland. So some places you can go riding, but a lot of times you can just go in and like hang out with them. Um, so I had fun going in and getting close-ups and um, spending time with them as part of my time there. Very nice. Thank you so much. Now, uh, let's talk about New England for the moment. By the way, did you go to college or were you able to escape the, um, how should we call it, the, the box-like process of having to go to university? I decided not to go um, to a like a traditional college kind of thing. Um, I was looking at options and, and things as I was coming out of high school. And um, so part of my decision-making process was that my mom owns Wisdom of the Ages. That's a, a store in Simsbury, Connecticut. Um, she started it when I was three. So I've grown up being a part of that and the, the spirituality aspect of everything she does there and, and I work there with her now um, is a big part of me but also like being part of you know buying for the store and the, the whole business end of it and then um, I do the bookkeeping now so like instead of really I would I would really want to only go for business degree kind of stuff besides photography um, I almost learned most of that growing up so um, as being around her and, and learning how the store works and everything so I decided that I'll um, go into photography and, and the field kind of thing, and writing sort of naturally came to me in a way. Um, so I would use my what I've learned from business and everything with my mom's store, put it towards my photography, my writing, and um, and make that make that all happen. Excellent. We're going to speak about your writing in just a, a little bit after the short break we have. But I want to ask you: Do you have siblings? How many? I don't. I don't. I'm an only child. Well, actually, you're not an only child, but you are the only child of your parents. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Put it this yep. way. You're not, a, you're not a lonely child. You're the single child. And I can relate because um, uh, my wife and I, thank God, have a son, an only child. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful. He married a woman, thank God, that has um, five other siblings. He, so he married into a family that sh- there's six on the other side. But um, wow. yeah, that, that, that's an interesting situation. So after this short break, everybody, uh, I trust that you are enjoying, I mean, enjoying Charlie Siegel as much as I am. I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm looking through your eyes because I've seen some of the photography already. And I urge everybody, go to barryshore.com. You'll be able to see lots of amazing photography. We're going to come right back after this break. Don't go away. we got more Charlie Siegel coming back. And we're going to go to uh, Japan after this. We're going to talk about his writing. And we just got so much more. So get ready. We'll be right back after this brief break. Good day, everybody. Barry Shore here. The most searched word on the Internet after COVID and pandemic is stress. 
S-T-R-E-S-S, because everyone, everyone in the world is suffering from stress. But you don't have to. Stress kills, but you know the antidote. Joy heals. Go to www.barryshore.com. www. What a wonderful world. Barryshore.com. B a r r y s h o r e. And find out what color is your stress. How to reduce, mitigate, maybe even eliminate it. And it's all free. Go to barryshore.com. Do it now. You'll be happy you did because stress kills. Joy heals. Hi, everyone. Wouldn't it be great if there was a Facebook group where you could go, learn wonderful things, reduce your stress, live in joy, and they're giving away $1,000 a month in prizes for participating. How would that be? Well, it exists. Go to Facebook and look up the Joy of Living group. That's go to Facebook and search the Joy of Living group Join today and you can start to learn how to reduce, mitigate, maybe even eliminate your stress, replace it with joy, and they're giving away $1,000 a month in prizes. This is fantastic. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family, because this is the way to live in life. Enjoy daily. Make it a great one. Do it now. Bye. day. Beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good looking people. Remember, you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. And we have good in abundance in a human being. Actually, he's a soul experiencing life fully. His name is Charlie Siegel and he is regaling us with visions and thoughts about great emotionally charged visions around the world from Iceland, from New England. And now we're going to venture across the ocean to Japan. Charlie, you're with us? I'm here. Okay, let's go and talk about one of my favorite places in the world. I happen to be a what's called a Nippon file. I am a lover of the uh, Japanese culture, most, well, most of the Japanese culture. And I just want to read a quote that um, Charlie sent to me because it's, it's so indicative of what happens there. And I really want to have Charlie talk to us about what he was able to see as a sort of an, as a Native American from New England touching the soil of Japan and then venturing around this these remarkable islands and these wonderful people. But here's the quote. There are many roads to the top of Mount Fuji, but only one summit. So let's talk about that, if you'd be so kind, Charlie, and tell us, first of all, were you able to climb Mount Fuji at dawn? And tell us about your experience in Japan. Um, I was there last summer in August, um, and I actually went as part of a training trip that I've studied the martial arts since I was four years old. Um, so I, I trained in an art called Shaolin Tempo Karate for 19 years, um, and I would teach a lot of classes in that. And um, when I was 13, um, I met this 
awesome guy, uh, Roy Goldberg sensei. I met him at a martial arts festival and was immediately amazed with the art that he was practicing. And I took some seminars in it over the years. And then when I was 23, I switched over totally to training under him. So I practiced Aichiyu Aikijujitsu, um, which is a very traditional Japanese art. It's the uh, original family art of the Takeda clan of the samurai going back 1,200 years through Japanese history. Um, so he, he lives here in Connecticut. Uh, Goldberg Sensei does. So um, I train with him, and I actually uh, leave um, look, So one second. Well, let me just understand. The, the person yeah. you met was in was training in Connecticut when you met him? Yeah, I met him in New York at a martial arts festival. And, um, and he is he Japanese or is he or is he native? Is he American? He's American, but he's actually the highest level non-Japanese person ever in in Daitryu. Uh, I believe it. So he, what's his name? He, uh, Roy Goldberg Sensei. Roy Goldberg. Um, yep. Um, so I train under him, and I lead classes in a study group under him um, in, here in Connecticut, also. So. Um, I started training with him in uh, 20, uh, 2017. And so last year he invited me as a part of a group of his students that he wanted to take to Japan for a seminar that he was going to be uh, co-teaching out there. Um, so I went with him and, and some of the other students and we were there for about 10 days. So along with the training that we got to do, uh, we did a lot of sightseeing around the Tokyo area and we went to some of the old temples and um, it's really remarkable feeling out there. It's a, it's a very um, unique feeling where you'll notice like if, if you spend time in Japan, it's a whole different energy, like the, the vibe of everybody and the, the way everything flows, just like walking on the street. Um, it's a different feeling than here. So um, having done martial arts like pretty much my whole life, um, to get to go feel where it came from uh, was really special to me. And I brought my camera like I do all the time. Um, so I got to do a lot of photography of different Buddhist statues and uh, different settings in the temples. And um, to bring that back adds a whole other depth to my work where I've always been connected with the, with the Japanese culture and, um, and getting to practice such a historic art. Um, I love that I have photography from there now, too. Outstanding. So uh, I, I must say I am uh, pleasantly surprised, but I am surprised because I didn't know this about you. I, I knew it, but I didn't want to reveal it, but that you've been involved in martial arts because uh, one at the same time, one can think, well, photography is a very gentle expression of art and nature. Nature is by itself, by the way, neither gentle nor harsh. It is what it is. Um, right. There are many aspects of nature that are uh, some to some people say, "Oh my gosh, you know, praying mantis." They, 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 the, yeah. the, you know, she cuts off, bites off his head. Okay, he dies. Uh, but the point is that martial arts, as practiced at the highest level, are very much, in my humble opinion, like photography in the sense that they are fully spiritual and completely in control and as you use the word flow we like flow flow stands for focused love on wonder that's what flow is when you focus your love on the wonder around you you now be able to participate in the perfect harmony that is what love is love stands for living on vibrant energy so i'm just so touched by the seemingly disparate pieces that you've put together and yet they work in harmony but let's jump from there let's talk about by the way were you able to climb mount fuji 
Uh, I didn't that time, but I'd like to go back someday and get get to see other parts of Japan. Okay, good. And and hopefully you'll climb it at dawn. Uh, but let's talk yeah. about your writing because your writing and one of your your first novel was called, is called Conversations with an Angel. And your second book, which you wrote or written with your grandfather, is when you realize how perfect everything is. First of all, what a great title. Because <laughs> yeah. most people don't, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and part, part of the evolution of life is to recognize how perfect everything is. So let's talk about your writing. How did it, you said nicely before that your writing is, is sort of just a, a natural expression of your very being. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, I can go back to like when I was a little kid, I always loved coming up with stories. And um, when my dad would drive me to karate classes and things that I would go to, um, like we would kind of pass the story back and forth coming up with, with things that the characters would do. Um, and I started, you know, like as a kid writing little short stories and things. So, uh, it's always part of, part of me. Like, um, I used to play games and things like a regular kid, but sometimes like my fun time, I wanted to go do something was like, write The next chapter of my story I'm working on. Um, so going back into high school kind of timing, then I took some courses and things and, and short story writing and, and literature. And I got really into writing, uh, stories. Um, and it was always like the easiest part of school for me was over, oh, like write a story or something like that. And it just kind of happens. Um, so coming out of high school, I started to, to get these like bigger stories, like what books and uh, like inspirations, they would just sort of appear in me. Um, I like a lot of times to talk about the, an introduction in one of Richard Bach's books. He talks about that he thought he was like all retired and all said he had written several books and okay, I'm good now. And he said one day he was sitting in his living room and he felt like the character of his next book, like knocked the wall down and ran up and hung onto him and said like, tell my story. And he did. So I have the similar kind of feeling sometimes with characters and ideas and sometimes inspirations for poems will just come to me and I'll, I'll spend some time thinking about it. And then I kind of feel when it's right to, to write it down and then it, it happens. Um, so my, my first book conversations with an angel, I, I self published that in 2017 and it's, um, I had written a short story that went from the soul's perspective about these two brothers that are, are born. Um, and then after one of them passes, looking from that, that soul's perspective on how he's bringing signs to his brother and how they're connected. And I felt like it was a nice story I wanted to get out to people, but it was a little too long for like at the time. And now I print some of my poetry on my photography and, and make um, like fine art prints of them for sale. It was a little long to do that with, and I was thinking of what to do with it, and I thought of another story that would go around it. Um, so Conversations with an Angel walks through the story of a man walking through Central Park that meets an angel that teaches him um, about his brother's experience and helps him through the feelings he's going through. And I really wanted my first book to be something that would reach out and help people going through one of the toughest times in life, going through grief. Um, and to see the way that we can connect and, and be connected through love with, with someone that's passed on. So let me ask you two questions. You ready? Okay. Do you think you've ever experienced difficult time in your life? And number two, have you ever lost someone dear to you? 
Yeah, um, at, as a as a kid, um, pets and uh, pets had passed away. But when I was nine, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side passed away, and that was um, definitely very impactful for me. Um, and part of my connection with wanting to help people with with grief is is that, but also seeing um, in wisdom of the ages, my mom helps people a lot with different issues they're going through in life. She teaches meditation and, and spiritual classes and, and helps them with things. And uh, I was homeschooled, actually, which I didn't mention yet. Um, but I did a lot of my schoolwork then in the back of the store, and I would hear her working with people and hear the issues they're bringing in that they need support with. And um, quite a few times it's people going through grief that, that can use a helping hand and things. So uh, I wanted to be able to, to reach out with that. By the way, what is your mother's name? Uh, Jane Siegel. Jane? Yep. Jane, very nice. Uh, and your your father, what is your father's name? My father's Keith Siegel, and my father is the, um, my, is the youngest son of Bernie Siegel, my grandfather on that right. side so, that I wrote my next book with. Right, your father is Bernie's son. Yep, that's right. So Pete and Jane, and they have Charlie. This is wonderful. Uh, Keith, and, Keith and Jane. Oh, yeah. Keith, Keith. Yeah. Very, man, the fact that your your mother has been involved with meditation for many years and you're homeschooled um, speaks volumes about your ability to, I believe, uh, write and use writing as an expression of your very being. I'm matter of fact, I'm, I'd be amazed if you didn't write a poem about the dragonflies today. By the yeah. way, do you do we still have uh, fireflies at in, in the summertime in Connecticut? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful out there when they get going. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty prominent and amazing, aren't they? They are. Yeah. What an amazing creation. I have to say it like this. Please don't think that I'm a little I'm completely weird. But on some level, on some level, the fireflies in the summertime are like the northern lights in Iceland. Oh, yeah. That's a nice way to think of it. Yes, it is. I mean, I, it's it, it's just so it, it's so organic. It's so real. That's it. Just it, it it opens the whole being. My, I'm I'm actually thinking back to it now. My whole my whole aura just opens up. It's it's so encompassing and wonderful. Thank you, Charlie, for bringing that out to us. Uh, it, it's just. Yeah. This is such an uplifting uh, conversation, and that, that's who you are. Charlie is all about the concept of uplift. Uh, we only have a couple minutes left in the show. I, can't, I don't know if you can believe that. It went by so fast. I'm going to ask you a question. Um, I'm going to give you 90 seconds to answer. You ready? Only 90 seconds. Okay. Charlie Siegel, what is your most fervent desire in life? Uh, I want to get to, to help and, and, like you said, to uplift people um, and to bring love to the world. I see opportunities where we can all do that in our own way. Um, but I feel like we're all given like a seed within us of what what we're kind of meant to be, meant to, to do in life. And um, we can look to that and see, like, what is that inner voice telling me to do? Um, so I've grown up with the idea of follow that inner voice and, and do what you feel is right to do to help people and, and to uplift everything. And as these poems and stories and things have come to me, I've seen that as a way to, to get to, to bring those stories to people to help to uplift them. Um, and this new book, when you realize how perfect everything is, it, it's a alternation of my 
poetic writings with my grandfather's and that, that's just another step along the way that I wanted Excellent. to help to, okay. to have that reach people. That's it. 90 seconds. You have heard it. <laughs> this this being will be with us, God willing, for decades to come. He is an uplifter. He lifts up. And I urge everybody to go to barryshore.com and you'll be able to access all the information about this amazing, wonderful person named Charlie Siegel. Remember, www, what a wonderful world. You've been listening to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And on this program, we work in the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life. Your life has purpose. Number two, go mad. Go make a difference. Number three, unlock the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. Smile. Seeing miracles in life every day. Or as my eight-year-old niece that sings miracles in everyday life, create the kind of world we want to live in. Like Charlie says, he's a creative being, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. And learn to say the two most important words in the English language. Say them three times a day, consciously and conscientiously for the rest of your life. You'll make a difference in your world and the world for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to harmonize and network kindness. Keep inspiring noble deeds. Let kindness be the conduit that enables you to make a connection for the world and in everything you do, in all of your aspects of life. Make sure that you adhere to the blessing that we, we share with you right now, which is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. 